welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Amen. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here with you all this morning. As has been said, my name is Lauren, and this morning we're going to be exploring Palm Sunday and what that's got to do with God's kingdom together. So we're going to be doing it in a few parts. We're going to tell a story from the Bible together now, and then we'll have more worship, and then I'll come back and we'll think about what we've heard and do an activity together. But don't worry, we'll take you all through that. So if you are a small person and would like to get a bit closer, I've got some things in this box that I might like you to help me with. So if you'd, all like, if you'd like to come closer, please do do that. Gather around on the floor. Thank you. Right. Okay, let's get going. So those of you who like following along in a Bible, today we're looking at Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. Um, I've also got this box that's going to help me to tell the story today. Okay, are we ready? So we join Jesus and his disciples, his friends that followed him, after Jesus has been doing lots of teaching and many people's lives have been changed by Jesus as they're traveling towards Jerusalem. Okay, Jesus and his disciples are coming closer to Jerusalem, but first they stopped at Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, okay? What are these? What are these? Olives. Yeah, right. So they stopped at a hill called a Mount of Olives. Who would like to hold my olives for me? Yeah, go on, Joseph. All right. Would you like to stand up and hold those so we can see? Okay. And from there, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus sent two of his disciples into the town. And he said to them, go to the town you can see over there. And when you enter it, you will find a dolphin. Is this a dolphin? What is it? It's a donkey. It's a donkey. Oh, okay. So they're going, they're going to find a donkey tied there with its colt. Okay. Who'd like to hold my donkey? Thanks, Anna. All right. Okay. So a donkey. So the disciples need to find a donkey and its baby, the colt. And Jesus said, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you why you're taking the donkeys, tell him the master, that's Jesus, needs them and he will send them back soon. And this was to make clear the full meaning of what the prophet in the Old Testament said. It said, tell the people of Jerusalem, your king is coming to you. He is gentle and riding on a donkey. He is on the colt of a donkey. Okay, so we've got, we start at the Mount of Olives and Jesus sent two of his disciples to find two donkeys, right? Okay, and that's going to show us that the king is coming. Okay, go on, Susanna. All right. Okay, but that's a bit weird, isn't it? A king who we would normally think of wearing this lovely crown on a donkey, the disciples went and did what Jesus told them to do. They brought the donkey and the colt to Jesus. They laid their coats, laid their coats on the donkey. Who would like my coat? Yeah, go on. Do you want, do you want to share it? There you go. Okay. And Jesus sat on the coats that were on the donkey. And many people spread their coats on the road before Jesus. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now, could you guys spread some palm leaves in front, like a road, please? 
Thank you. Okay. So we started at the Mount of Olives and Jesus sent two of his disciples to go and get a donkey and its cult and that was going to show them that their king was going to arrive and people worshipped him by laying their coats and their palm leaves. That's right. Okay. So some of the people were walking ahead of Jesus and others were walking behind him. Oh, that's a great road, guys. Thank you. And all the people were shouting. Okay, now you're going to help me with this bit. Have we got something to put on the screen? Yes, okay. So if you can read what this says, I'd like you to use a big, loud voice to shout this out together, okay? And if you're not confident in reading what this says, just cheer really loudly instead, okay? So I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Praise to the Son of David. God bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise to God in heaven. Amen. Then Jesus went into Jerusalem and the city was filled with excitement. Can you show me your excitement, guys? Yeah. All right. The people asked, who is this man? And the crowd answered, this man is Jesus. He is the prophet from the town of Nazareth in Galilee. A prophet is someone who hears words from God and speaks them out. So the crowd knows how important Jesus is. All right, what an exciting story. So we're going to dive into what that means for us in a bit. But first, we're going to have another time of worship. So we've still got the instruments here. You can sing along, you can dance along. We've also got some paper roll uh, coming. And you can draw something while you're worshipping as well, if you'd like. So the paper roll is going to be here at the front. I'd also love you to put all my props back in my box. That would be great. Okay. Okay, uh, we've, got, we've got some great stuff going on down here. You can see lots of donkeys. God is love. Got Jesus over there. Good job, everyone. Okay. So over the last few weeks, if you've been down here in the service, watching online or listening back to the podcast, you will know that we've been going through a sermon series called Empowered, Living Like Jesus Did. We've explored who we're called to be, how we hear from God. Uh, last week, we heard what we're called to do. And this week, we sum up the series with His Kingdom Come. In the 5 to 11 kids groups, we've been looking at the different people Jesus encountered and the life-changing impact he had on them and what this means for us. In the 0 to 4s, we've been looking at stories from Jesus's life and stories that he told too. They also learned about Palm Sunday last week. So if you want to speak to the experts, you can go and speak to them at the end. All right. So what did it look like for God's kingdom to come on Palm Sunday then? And what does it look like for us today? I'm going to unpack this a bit using the word bow. So we can partner with God to bring his kingdom by knowing our Bible, being obedient to what Jesus tells us and through worshipping him in, with our lives, sharing that with others as we go. Now, while I'm talking, you have the option to multitask. Okay, this talk is for everyone, but I understand that sitting and listening is, is tricky sometimes. So if you'd like to continue, please continue the paper roll. Um, and under your chair, there's also a piece of green card, which you could make one of these if you would like to. This is a, this is a palm leaf. So if you need to fiddle while you're listening, you can make one of these. But we're going to come back to these at the end, so you could wait until the end to make one if you'd prefer to do that too. Um, we're going to help. These are going to help us reflect, reflect and pray together at the end. If you need to get up and move at any point, that's also fine. There's more green card at the back if you need it. So, firstly, we bow our heads to read the Bible. 
How does knowing our Bible help us to join in with God to bring his kingdom? Well, we see it in our Palm Sunday story. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Pretty weird, right? Well, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, all the people in Jerusalem would have understood what was going on. Jesus was claiming to be king. But why did God want Jesus to ride on a little donkey? Surely a horse or even an elephant would be more effective in defeating God's enemies, right? So why do you think that Jesus rode a donkey? Anyone got any ideas? Anyone at all? Because <laughs> he's humble. Yes, I like that. Yes, if Jesus had ridden a horse or an elephant, he would have looked a bit scary and like he was about to come in fighting, ready to defeat the enemy, the Romans. Instead, Jesus came into the city on a donkey, which told everyone that he came in peace, without violence or hate, with a bigger enemy in mind. The people were expecting Jesus to be the kind of king who was going to set them free from Roman rule. But Jesus showed himself to be a humble king, setting people free from the power of sin and death, which is much more valuable than winning a battle with the Romans, I think. Do you remember in our story, we talked about Jesus being called a prophet? Can we remember what a prophet is? You can remember what a prophet is. Yeah, someone who hears from God and then speaks it out. So 500 years before, the prophet Zechariah heard from God that the people of God would win against their enemies and that this would be carried out by a king coming to them, gentle and riding on a donkey. And not only a donkey, but a baby donkey. This prophecy was written down and learned by many generations of God's people. So they knew what to look out for when their king came, who would save them from their enemies. And this is what they saw that day. They could see right before their eyes that 500-year-old promise of God coming true. The people in Jerusalem knew the word of God, and many of them off by heart. They knew what to look out for, even if they didn't get it right all of the time. They knew what God had promised to do and how to look for when he was moving. When their king, their Messiah, their saviour came to them, they knew who he was and worshipped him. God bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We said it, didn't we? They partnered with him in bringing his kingdom to Jerusalem as they worshipped him. I believe that this is a challenge for us today too. Do we read our Bibles? Do we know what the Bible says? Can we call on verses in our heads that help us to see what God is doing now and discern his voice? The people of Jerusalem knew what to do when Jesus showed up because they knew God's word. And we have the opportunity today too. I've struggled a lot with worry in the past. Let's have an honest moment. Hands up if you're a worrier. Yeah, lots of us in the room. Okay, I used to dread going to bed because that would be the time that I would lay awake worrying. The things that I worried about were never as bad as they seemed the next morning, but no matter how much I tried, I would still worry. Would I be late in the morning? Would someone fall down the stairs? Would the house be set on fire overnight? I got so fed up with this one day that I looked up worry in the back of my youth Bible. It pointed me to Matthew 6. It's a command from Jesus not to worry, but to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, to look for where God is, 
and all that I need each day will be given. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Reading this and praying over it helped me to realise that worrying is a waste of time. And I was missing out on all the good things that God was doing in my life and around me while I focused on the worries over him. The Bible is powerful and life-changing. So let's know it and seek first his kingdom. So that's B for Bible. What's, what's my second letter? Can anyone shout it out? O, O for obedience. So we bow in obedience to our king. What does obedience mean? Any ideas? Doing what you're told. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) And we see this in our Bible story. Jesus told his disciples to go to the nearby town to find a specific donkey and bring it back to him. And they did. It doesn't sound particularly holy or special, does it? They'd been following Jesus for a while, though, long enough to get to know him and trust what he told them, no matter how wacky it seemed to them. Their obedience in this case was rewarded in seeing Zechariah's prophecy fulfilled. They got to see the Messiah enter their holy city as king. There are so many examples of simple obedience in the Bible. The servants just doing what they were told and filling jars of water and seeing it turned to wine. Disciples handing out small bags of bread and seeing it feed over 5,000 people. Peter walking on water towards Jesus. All of these acts of obedience were rewarded with incredible miracles, examples of God's kingdom coming. Jesus loves it when we say yes to him. Like we heard the other week, obedience is Jesus's love language. I've been challenged by this in my own life recently. Often God gets my attention by bringing up the same topic or thing again and again through different people and situations. Recently for me, this has been the topic of healing. I knew that Jesus wants to heal people. I knew that Jesus does heal people. I'd seen it and heard countless stories of it. Who here has seen God heal someone they've been praying for? Yeah, lots of you. I knew that Jesus had given me the authority in his name to heal, but I had never seen someone healed when I had prayed. Honestly, I had stopped trying because it just never seemed to happen. So I didn't have much faith for it. But the topic kept coming up in different situations. Someone would teach on it, it would come up in conversation. I would keep saying that I've never seen someone healed that that I'd prayed for. One time, I made the mistake of saying this in front of Jo. She has enough faith for healing for about 20 people. So when she offered to pray for me, I was like, well, what harm can it do? I'd love to see God heal more people around here. And I'm always up for being prayed for. So Joe grabbed a few people and prayed for me to receive the gift of healing and to see people healed in the name of Jesus when I prayed. Now, I'd love to tell you that I prayed for someone the next day and they were healed. I didn't. It took me three days to have the opportunity to pray. And when I did, I had to be really brave to step in and pray. It wasn't easy. And when I prayed, nothing happened. And that's the reality of the world we live in. God always wants people to be healed, but the world is broken and the kingdom hasn't come fully yet, so we won't see healing all the time. And that sucks, especially when we've been praying for a long time. 
But I'd felt the nudge from God to step out and pray for healing in that time. So I was comforted in the fact that I knew I had been obedient in that moment. If I hadn't prayed at all, there definitely wouldn't have been any healing. But my next opportunity to be obedient was a different story. This time, I was in a session at the Young Adults Retreat, and we were praying for physical healing. People who had never seen healing when they prayed were invited up to pray. I knew I should go up, but I thought, I'll give someone else the opportunity this time. <laughs> I whispered to a friend that actually I'd never seen anyone healed when I'd prayed, and was promptly pushed to the front. <laughs> I pulled myself together and decided to pray, no matter what the outcome, because I did want to be obedient. God, apparently I just needed a push, I knew I needed a push this time. So I went through the praying steps, said a really simple prayer, and that person's pain reduced by a half. Yeah, and it stayed that way. God uses us when we're obedient, whatever mood we're in, or however reluctantly we got there. When Jesus sends out his 12 disciples in Matthew 10, he says to proclaim the message that the kingdom of heaven has come near. He commands them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy and drive out demons. He said, freely you have received, so freely give. And they did, many times. They brought the kingdom of heaven to earth using the power and authority Jesus had given them. And Jesus gives us the same power and authority today. We know this because we read it in the Bible. Jesus says in John 14, 12, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus says that we will do the works he did. So all we need to do is believe and obey him, whatever that looks like for us. So let's be obedient and lives will be changed. So we've had B for Bible, O for obedience, and lastly, we have W for worship. We bow in worship to our sovereign God. Earlier, we heard about the worship of the people as they laid down their coats and branches in front of Jesus as he arrived into Jerusalem. In the passage after our story from earlier, we read that once Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, he went to the temple and he found children shouting, praise to the son of David. The children knew some of God's word and they'd seen the amazing things that Jesus was doing and that was all they needed to praise him. I think that must have been quite the commotion. Lots of loud shouting, singing and jumping around for it to be recorded here. Those kids made a real impact on those around them just by worshipping freely and taking the joy of the kingdom with them. Jesus comments on it, quoting Psalm 8, 8 verse 2, which says... You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. That's pretty powerful stuff. Kids, knowing Jesus is really powerful and you get to bring the kingdom just as much as the adults do. There's no age limit on the Holy Spirit. Imagine a world where we all worship freely and spread that joy, hope and peace of the kingdom wherever we go. Imagine a world in which we all read the Bible, pray and listen to God, being obedient in using our spiritual gifts and praying for others. Imagine the lives that would be changed. I've prayed for healing three times in the last month and seen some healing once. But imagine if we all did that. How many lives would be transformed as we introduce people to Jesus? 
What would our neighbourhoods, workplaces, schools and universities look like? When we pray with faith, we hand over responsibility to God. All he asks is that we believe and obey him. There are no limits to what he can do through us. The day after Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey, Jesus says that we, as his disciples, can move mountains in his name when we pray. So let's bow to him now as we respond. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. Thank you that you have given us your word. Help us to be obedient to you. Help us to worship you and spread that joy and peace and hope uh, wherever we go this week. Amen. Okay, so now it is time for your green bits of paper. Has anyone finished them? Can you give them a wave? All right, these are your, these are your palm leaves. Okay, so this is a moment to think about a few things. Okay, so what is it that God wants you to be obedient in as you leave this place today? How can you be a part of bringing the kingdom to your areas of influence? One of these things might be that it's Easter next week, isn't it? So you might want to take a moment to pray and think about who you could pray for this week leading up to Easter, who you might want to invite to a service next week. And this is an invitation for you to, you've got a pen hopefully around somewhere. If you could write the names of those people that you're gonna pray for, that you're gonna invite on that green bit of paper and use that to remind you to pray this week. And we can also use these to worship. So we're gonna have a bit of time of worship now. So if you wanna wave your palm leaves around, I'd love to see that too. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.